0: Hi and hello and welcome to another episode of the Cloud at Judgment podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, David Boyce. And with me this week is my good, long-time, old battle buddy, friend galore... S- I don't know what else I could add on to that. Partner in crime, maybe, from back in the day. Jonathan Kovacs, how are you, sir? I'm good, and I don't know if I want to admit how long we've known each other. It's, it's been far too long. Uh, how are you? How are you doing?
1: I'm good, coming off of a very nice uh, s- drunken stupor, off of a very horrible Steelers loss.
0: Yeah, how? The, how what was the score on that? Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: two to one, the other team, and I want to talk about that. That was the ratio, not the score.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Jonathan has been drinking just a little bit because the Steelers game happened today, but so have I, and if you've known me from that by now, I'm always having a buzz of some sort while we do these things, because, you know, it loosens you up, and then you get to hear me go, uh, um, um... Uh, 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 and so on and so forth. This week, we are talking about the much-applauded 2007 DC event, The Sinestro Corps War. Uh, It was written by Jeff Johns, uh, Peter Tomasi, uh, Peter Gibbons, or David Gibbons of uh, Watchmen fame. It was also drawn by Ivan Reis, even Van Driver, Patrick Gleason, and there was a couple other fill-in artists that I can't remember off the top of my head, so I apologize. Um... When was the last time you read this series before it came out? Or before we read it? I'm sorry. Before before we we read it
1: yesterday? Yeah. uh, Unfortunately, probably when it came out back in 2007. Yeah. uh, It was actually the catalyst for me getting into DC at the time because, uh, unfortunately, I was very pro-Marvel back before then. And then um, until it came out, yeah, like I said, I just read Marvel and i got the occasional batman book uh not too much else besides that uh but when it came out it was just a very exciting story i thought and um what made it exciting compared to what what made you pick this
0: up comp- compared to green lantern in the past like not- i think
1: it was very interesting because i always like i i just like the introduction of characters and the backstory of characters because again rereading it and rereading the first issue i just remember certain things um and I, I don't remember if i read it online or if i read it possibly in wizard back when it was uh, actually a uh, written ar- written article yeah uh and when they were doing you know i loved how they used to do um you, you know these people they would create characters and they actually gave you you know, the original illustrations they designed and they gave you backstories backstories of these characters. And when they did the the backstory of the one character whose name escapes me because I don't remember because it's something, of course, alien. And um it was the one at the beginning of the series when he's like the sniper that's so many galaxies away and they're just talking about this character.
0: They're doing a bunch. Wizard did a bunch of bios for the Sinestro core, basically. Yeah. All these unknowns that we don't know.
1: Yeah, about. and yeah. so it was. Whenever I read that, and um, that just always interests me, it, you know. Um, these new fleshed out characters. Yes, basically. Yeah. And so whenever it came out, I you know it's random I just ran to my the comic shop I used to go to, and I asked you know Do you have it? And he did, and then basically I got it, got the first couple issues, and then started That's reading it from there. Yeah, basically, yeah.
0: Did you go back and read the other Jeff Johns stuff prior to this?
1: Um, I think a little bit after that, I probably got Rebirth, but I never read the first 20 issues of, this, of Green Lantern uh, when it came out. I've read other Jeff Johns stuff prior to that, after the fact, uh-huh. uh, but nothing Green Lantern related. Uh, I know I've borrowed your... Flash stuff yes. when he did the flash stuff, and yes. then I've since purchased all that stuff, all those books. Um, but um, prior to that, the only other Greenlander books I read was Emer- Emerald Twilight, which I think actually, when you reread that with uh Sinistro Core, uh, is possibly the most integral story to it because they both tied it, the to- yeah, they, they tie together very much because uh, with um. Parallax—it just ties yep. very into it so much.
0: Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> oh, there we go. So, yes. Prior to this, you actually got me into this. I read the first couple of issues, and then I decided to go and read Rebirth, and then I started picking up the backstories and whatnot in there. And there, it was basically Jeff Johns is a big fanboy of Hal Jordan, so yes, he, he's he brought him back just because he loved him so much, and he thought he had a good idea, which, admittedly, so I thought it was a pretty good idea. Um, I did like Kyle as Green Lantern and Kyle Rayner the previous Green Lantern. I took over Hal Jordan when Hal Jordan went insane because he was uh, – Parallax. Yeah, he became Parallax, which is not a alter ego, but actually an entity that possessed him, um, which was the entity of fear. Jeff uh, Johns started making all the colors of the rainbow essentially a different type of feeling where green is willpower because you always have to have strong will to uh, – Time out one sec. Okay. Let me get... So I'm going to have to talk a little bit louder, but that's okay. I'm afraid I can't hear myself too well, but okay. We'll go with that. So Jeff Johns, he essentially wanted every color to represent an emotion of some sort, where green is willpower, and the next color here, Sinestro, was yellow with fear. He goes on later to introduce the rest of the spectrum as we go on towards the end of the story, but... We start off the story with Sinestro imprisoned on Quard. I believe the planet is. I can't... I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or
1: not, but he was banished. Oh, on, in the uh, negative zone? Yes. Their version of the negative zone, essentially. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I can... I don't know. I pronounce it probably wrong. It's spelled, what, K-W-A-R-D? Yes. Yeah. So, I, you know, who knows? It could be Saturn, If for all we know. I don't think I actually say. But, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. So... Well, he's in prison there and he's basically setting up the story of he's willing fear into existence through power rings and whatnot like that and he essentially in a matter of I don't know how long it takes place it seems like moments he just starts making these rings out of nowhere and basically making his evil version of the Green Lantern Corps and we're sent back to Earth where it sets the table of how Jordan's back on the team uh, back on the core. everything's hunky-dory it's been going fine for a few months now and Kyle Rayner is also Ion, who is enveloped by a giant space whale event, essentially. he's Oh,
1: yeah, Ion is the... Whereas Parallax is the entity of the Sinestro Corps of Fear, Ion is actually the entity of the Green Lantern Corps, uh, a.k.a. Willpower, which up to that point, I don't think they actually discuss in the books. Uh, again, I told... Uh, we were discussing earlier... I only started reading this right when this came out because it just piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if... I, I remember reading prior to that because I think that was bef- that was right before this was when DC did their big, what, 52? I think this. it's been in
0: Crisis and 52 was before yeah. this, yeah.
1: and then I remember Kyle Rainer became Ion, and I asked you about that and you were telling me, but you weren't sure and this, that, and the other. And then... Uh, he became the first a issue. super powered Green yeah, Lantern exactly. over in JLA or and something I like think that. Once Jeff Johns jumped on, and then that's whenever they really decided to have all these different entities. And actually, which is a great
0: idea. I mean, how many yeah. times can you write a Green Lantern story where he just beats up space bad guys?
1: Yeah, exactly. You, re- yeah. You,
0: re- you rewrite the mythos or the pathos, whatever you want to call it, of the lore of Green Lantern and not necessarily erasing it, but just elaborating on it, which is always a good idea. I think the emotional spectrum was a great idea. Um, but this one just dealt with fear. This was just. This would be uh, part one, I guess, of Jeff John's big Green Lantern opus, would you say? Yeah. Followed up by Blackest Night and Brightest Day?
1: Well, yeah. It was the. Again, when you read the last issue, it's setting up the War of the Light, yeah. uh, which was basically the fight between all of the different spectrums. Uh, and yeah, it was just. It was the opening volley of that whole thing. And then it culminated with Blackest Night. Yeah. Uh, which was addressed in the final issue of the series.
0: Yeah. Um, with Within this prologue for Sinestro Core, we also we get introduced to all the Sinestro Core members, like the ones you mentioned in that Wizard magazine, uh, the sniper Mollusk that was like two galaxies away that yes. was able to kill yes. a Green Lantern. Um, Arkillo, which is basically Bizarro uh, Kilowog. Yes, exactly. The big, muscly yeah. guy. And then uh, there was a lady that had vampire teeth, and <laughs> she had like three hounds, or something like that, like Legend Well there announced. was
1: her, yeah. Uh the main characters they talked about in that was her. Yeah, uh Archilo, which was a very interesting character, and I'll get to him later afterwards because I liked what happened with him and in involving a different character in the Mar or DC universe, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um the other one I really liked was uh I think her name's Lissa Drax, who was the character that held the stories of the Sinestro the Corps. Yeah, the yeah. Bible basically. Yeah. Uh, She was an interesting character. Um, And then basically, unfortunately, the rest of the characters really were just all throwaways because there was was also
0: I'm sorry, there was also uh, Amon Sir, which was Abin Sir, the guy that bestowed his ring to Green Lantern. His son was. uh, Yeah,
1: but you know what? Honestly, uh, and that's one of the stories I like to read because they discussed discussed it Um, by the end of the series. He was just a little whiny bitch. Um,
0: yeah, that that it revealed that he was all talk.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, knowing like the one thing I'd like to know, and again, I I don't know if your listeners can tell me because I'm not by any means an expert on all this stuff. I just uh-huh. read it and know what's afterwards and have my opinions. Uh, I always love the fact that it, at the beginning of the series they go and yeah, Hal Jordan shows up on Earth and he's talking to Zoom and he's he's fighting Zoom with the rest of the Justice League. And then Batman mentions that a yellow ring showed up to him. Yes. Because he's he, he has the ability to install great fear. and
0: Which was really cool.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so my question, honestly, sense. is, and again, like I said prior, I was mostly a, D, a Marvel guy before this. I would love to see and read the story where, if they actually put that in print. And in, they did. I would like to read that issue where that showed up. because I think it was a couple episodes.
0: Episodes issues prior, maybe in green, it's either in Green Lantern Core or Green Lantern Proper. But there's a if you if you Google Sinestro Core Batman non video game or whatever, um, it'll actually pop up. Okay. Like, it's trying now, to get, I know audience. it
1: wasn't in Green Lantern Core because I read all those in trade and those were actually very good, okay. Uh, prior to this series, I did not read the Green Lantern Proper with how it was probably in there because it, the, it was it was the Green Lantern Core was especially excellent because. Uh, there was a bunch of stories with Guy Gardner that were fantastic and yeah. they actually did a story where it was like the Green Lantern Corps Black Ops Group which was a fantastic story. I remember reading yeah. those. I'd, unfortunately, I did not read Green Lantern proper so maybe that's where I need to go back and read yeah, it.
0: Yeah, it was probably that because the Scarecrow actually gets a ring as well I believe at one point or that might that be was, later. That was in Blackest that Night. That was in Blackest I mean, Night. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Batman definitely gets a ring on him and he's starting to get the costume but due to the fact that he wore a ring before a Green Lantern ring he had the willpower to get it off him
1: was that did, you're talking now talking about uh batman's worlds or was it actually a batman story? it actually
0: happened at one point because he mentions that in the story proper he was like they said some of the fact of if i didn't wield a green lantern ring i would have been sucked away by that ring and taken over or whatever okay but uh it's very throwaway but it, they're just referencing that what happened um so with this prologue we also have just basically the, the they get to the meat and potatoes right away of just the Sinestro Corps just wrecking Oa, the, the, the home yes. world of the yeah. Green Lanterns, and they're getting sneak tired. It reminded me a lot of Annihilation, the Marvel story, where the Nova Corps got wrecked by the Annihiloslave. slave. Like, it had kind of shades and parallels of it. I understand Jeff Jostens not aping Annihilation, but it, it reminded me of that, and it came out maybe a year prior, but that's why I liked it so much, because I love Annihilation. Um, but the big reveal at the end was who Sinestro was actually working for, was uh, The Anti-Monitor, which nowadays, I think, doesn't really move anyone. Like Back back when that story came out, that was a big deal, but I feel if someone read that today in 2016, they'd be like, who's this guy?
1: Well, especially today, because if you had your readers uh, just sprout up after The New 52 and all that stuff, yeah, you're right, I agree, because he has no bearing. Because even I did not read um crisis yeah uh, you know, it was just one the, I, I still haven't read it but i mean anti monitor the anti monitor is, <laughs> really is the anti monitor i mean he is the big bad that
0: he rules know, the anti exactly. universe i mean
1: he's just the one that you know you don't want to go up against and the fact that that was the one of the best reveal pages that you had the anti monitor you had earth 2 superboy S- superman had, prime
0: or Superboy Prime.
1: Wow. Well, okay. Or whatever. <laughs> Earth two Superman's yeah. dead.
0: Don't worry too much into okay, this. It's, it's okay, way too okay. confusing.
1: Uh, and uh, cyborg Hank Superman. Hanksha- yeah, Hank Henshall is the cyborg Superman. So that final page was oh, fantastic. and parallax,
0: and parallax. We we glaze over the fact that uh, on that. Well, he that showed assault- up in the issue
1: though, so you kind of yeah. knew he was there because yeah. he wa- in the final, and he was walking with uh, Sinestro into that. Yeah, room, I just want to say whatever you want to say.
0: We glazed over the fact that uh, Kyle Raynor, when that attack happened, he got uh, parallax took over his body, like it overtook Ion. Yeah, because
1: in the issue, in the first issue, um, Kyle as Ion finds a ring, a yellow ring, floating around, and then the ring teleports him to Quad or whatever. And then at that point, he's fighting everybody, and then Sinestro, essentially or in essence, uh, cuts the Ion entity out of him. He's and able then,
0: to make him scared, basically.
1: Well, yeah, he's able to feel fear, which right. honestly anybody should at that Wh- point. Which
0: shuts shuts him down completely, so they he's take just, him over. He's
1: just, uh, yeah, it's, it's just that he's open to fear, and at that point, Parallax jumps into his body and then assumes his persona and right. then takes him over.
0: Yeah, so Kyle's no longer. He's essentially a bad guy possessed by Parallax. Also, a big thing to note here is that at this point in time, Green Lanterns can't kill. Like, yes. that's a big thing, and that's why they get wrecked so hard on OAs because the Sinestro Corps are basically wiping people off uh, left and right, and the Green Lantern Corps really can't do anything about it. They can subdue, but they're not allowed to kill. If they kill, their rings actually shut down. Yes. So, what's really neat about that, I don't know if they ever done this prior, but anytime a Green Lantern or a Lantern member of any Corps in general dies, the ring just automatically just runs away and teleports to find a new, or flies off to find a new survivor. I don't know if that was prior in any of the Green Lantern books, but. I thought that was a neat little thing. Of
1: I again, I cut don't know. I've never read, read, really read that much of it, but yeah. the only other time we've probably re- been really uh, exposed to it was the first issue of Green Lantern. Whenever Hal gets his ring, because Abin Sur dies, and then his ring—he
0: kind of hands it to him, though.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that it's just a coincidence that this guy dies, and then the person that yeah in the same sector, the closest one to. Uh, possesses as much willpower, or AKA what they should have called it, courage. But for some reason, they're not going to do it. Uh, is right standing next to him. So
0: right isn't courage yeah. technically indigo or something like that? I know that's way down. No, the line, indigo.
1: But. That's the weird thing. I, do we want to talk about? That? I was going to discuss this. We can uh, jump all over the place with the emotional uh, spectrum. So yeah. So you have the emotion spectrum. Emotion spectrum, and uh, that's the weird thing is that they call it willpower, but willpower. When you talk to people, willpower is not a emotion. Courage is the motion... Of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, courage is the one that people say, you know, whenever they're like, oh, he was very courageous. They don't say he was very will- willpower-ish. <laughs> willpower, I understand where they use willpower, but again, when they're talking about these emotions, every other emotion is an emotion. It's love, hate, fear, uh, greed, hope, greed. Or avarice, and, as they call it. Yeah, avarice. And... um um, purple, indigo. What is purple? Uh, Compassion. That's, that's what it, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, and then then they say willpower, and I'm sorry, but willpower, yeah, fine, but it's basically courage is what it really boils down to. And and I I was rereading this, and like I never really thought about it till I reread it, and we were discussing this, but I I don't know why. They aren't just calling it what it is because I think
0: I think if you call it willpower, it sounds it sounds cooler. more dramatic. Yeah, because yeah. with the the pink lanterns or whatever you want to call them, the star sapphires, which is essentially the pink lanterns, yeah, there is uh, it's basically love, but it's called something else. I can't. No, remember. No, it's off. called love. Uh, are
1: you sure about that? Because yeah, it love. is
0: love, but some of the words like avarice and greed, for instance, for the orange lanterns, that's a better one I can think of. Like. I have the emotion of greed. That doesn't sound good. That sounds kind of hokey. But if you say uh, avarice, unfortunately, that
1: is... I wanted to bring my books, but that you know, <laughs> uh, no, they call it. They might call it something different in the first issue when they discuss it. But um, sorry, uh, but after that, it's it's love. I mean, basically, it's love. Yeah, hope, because it was something. I mean, because fear is fear. Fear yeah. is an emotion, and love is an emotion. And again, you know, hope is hope. Um, yeah, you're right. It's uh, just the best greed sounding, is different than that, whatever, but I don't know what else they call love besides
0: it's, it's at the end of like when they start talking about, it, cause I thought it was love, but I mean, we're debating over semantics. It here, could have been just, first,
1: were you talking to the issues prior to this? It or? was like,
0: it was book 10 of the Sinestro core war when they, when they reveal that there's other lanterns out there and the, the, the battle of lights going to happen. But
1: uh, we'll have to look the way the
0: way what I, they all said, essentially, is they sound like the best synonyms are right, because like I said, greed and avarice is the perfect example of I have the power of greed. It, it makes me think of some guy holding money bags with big ass dollar signs on them. What if you say avarice? That sounds more powerful and more intoxicating, so to speak. But some yeah, words but like that's hope what that whole, are good. Uh,
1: Spectrum of the color or that color yeah, spectrum that, turned into was yeah <laughs> yeah, but it's still on it paper. Was, it was useless on
0: paper. It sounds better. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, we got completely sidetracked. I forget what we were talking. About. Oh yeah, the 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 uh, the splash page at the end. I was a I am and still am a big fan of Cyborg Superman. He was my favorite part of the uh, Reign of Superman, the, the Return Death of Superman. Um, his, his heel turn, I thought, was amazing. I did not see that coming at the time, but I was also, like, I don't know, 15 when that came out.
1: Uh, I think we were, like, 12.
0: Same difference. Yeah, but still. Um, <laughs> we
1: we're, we're in sixth, I remember we were in sixth grade, and our hated enemy up the street, who I didn't know you at the time, and I'm not going to mention his name because we both hate him. Okay. He came down the street with the black issue of uh, The Death of Superman, and we opened it. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And so that was in sixth grade. Yeah. It was before I went to high school before I met you. It was fifth or sixth grade, so we were like eleven or twelve.
0: right. But still, I mean, I love cyborg Superman. I love the design of him. If he was just a generic cyborg, I don't think I liked him. I would like him as much. I like the also the idea of villains established villains for a bad or for a superhero that don't fight that superhero when they jump over like magneto fighting Thor, for example. I like that. That that's very interesting to me because you don't see that matchup. I mean, we've seen the X Men fight Magneto so many times, uh, the Joker up against the Flash or something like that. Obviously, it'd be the Flash, but that I like when established like main bad guys for like a different hero go up against someone else, and that's what they did yeah. because you also had Superman Prime or Superboy Prime. There was a big legal fiasco at the time because he started off as Superboy Prime and then they changed him over to Superman Prime. I don't know why. I just remember reading something about that. I didn't delve into it because I didn't have the time to. But
1: Yeah, and again, rereading that, I forgot about how good, because at the end of it, and I don't know how soon we get to this, but uh, Cyborg Superman actually turned into one of my favorite characters of the series only because what he wanted, he wanted at the very end of it. He just wanted to die. Exactly. And it actually was a very sad story for him because at the very end of it, he thanked the Green Lantern Corps because they were going to destroy him. And yeah, he did it. They, and the they nuked goddamn him. Goddamn selfish cyborgs <laughs> of the Manhunters came back and he was dead and he was whatever. And that's all he wanted was to die so he could be with his poor wife because yeah. he was a makeshift version of the Fantastic Four, unfortunately. Yeah. And then they reanimated him. And he was the last sad panel of that is that there's him, him crying. crying yeah. And it's unfortunate because. You know, that makes, honestly, that makes such a great character, not so much a villain, but he had, yeah, because that's all he wanted was to be with his loved ones, Yeah, and that's what he was trying for.
0: And he he figured if I do bad things, you know, someone's going to kill me eventually. So, um, I'm kind of disappointed with that, though, because he is really a non-issue. Everyone there, except for maybe Sinestro and Parallax, for the most part, are non-issues throughout this entire story. Like, they're serving the anti-monitor, and they get the info from Cyborg Superman, who has been to the Source Wall, which, for people who don't know, the Source Wall is the end of the universe. Like, if you tried to find God, he throws you into this wall, it's the end of the universe, and you can't get out. And past that wall is the doorway, basically, to the multiverse, which is 52 other alternate universes. Um, that was also the reveal at the end of 52, I believe. Because yes. you see, yeah, you see that was,
1: the that was revealed at the beginning of this too. Yeah, and
0: the Anti-Monitor in the original Crisis of Infinite Earths back in the '80s, he wanted to destroy all the parallel universes, and there was millions and millions of them. But then they got rid of it. And DC has this thing of retconning and then unretconning, kind of sort of, then going back to retconning. But basically, the the uh, Anti-Monitor found out about these alternate universes that he wanted to get rid of, but he got that info from Cyborg Superman. And in return, Cyborg Superman gave his allegiance and said, once you get this done, kill me. So that's all he wanted. And he ran the Manhunters, which we mentioned before, which is basically a bunch of robots that suck out Green Lantern powers or their power batteries. Well, the
1: Manhunters were the entities that the uh, Guardians of Oa used prior to yeah, the they Green, were Lantern Green Lantern, Lantern because, version one. Yeah, basically. And what happened was that they caused the uh, massacre on. Um,
0: Planet 69.
1: Yeah, uh, wherever in it, what that's the planet that the. I forget what it is. Atrocitous. Yeah, that's the Red Lantern. Leader of home the home Red Lantern. Yeah. Whatever we want to call it. But basically, then they abandoned them, and then they, they realized they needed people to make decisions for their policing to work.
0: Which then they, they talk about later in this book, what they're like, you need to listen to us. Like the, the guardians, the head haunches of the uh, Green Lantern Corps, just are constantly getting pissed at the lanterns especially the uh H- uh, how jordan and crew don't listen to them constantly
1: well yeah and again that's what whole leads up to honestly blackest night because and i mean that's where this was leading was the fact that they think they know what they're doing but in thinking that they know what they're doing and changing the roles and not actually changing them prior probably caused was a chain reaction to all this stuff happening yes um and then yeah which led to you know, the uh, expulsion of um, the two guardians. Ganthat and Sade. Yeah. There's like to, 12 guardians all Yeah, it led to they the, the creation of the Blue Lanterns because they embraced their emotions yes. and the fact that you needed them. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. Where, guy, I lost track of where we're going with that. Well, we we're still at the um, end
0: of the prologue there, but we were it's just, it's just all right, we're going all over the place. We don't have to go step by step. That's kind of boring. I've, I've realized to myself. It's something to just talk about it in general, as long as we get the big bullet points. But that's essentially the first act. I think that prologue was really strong. The second act, which is the first like maybe four or five issues, is the Green Lanterns getting back on their feet and trying to figure out what the heck's going on and protect uh, the planet uh, mogo. Mobo, Mo-go. MoGo. 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 Which is essentially the Green Lantern Ring factory. <laughs> it's a living planet, uh, much like Ego, but it doesn't have a face. It's just a giant white marble with the Green Lantern logo on it. But there's like trees and shit once you get down there. Um, it looks like a normal planet. But he's the one that sends the rings out to other people if they die. He's the yeah, one that sends them out to the new recruits.
1: GPS for directing them yes. to other lanterns. Yes.
0: So the Sinestro Corps are tasked with taking that down because if they take down that planet... They can kill all the other Green Lanterns, and their rings are just useless because they won't fly to a new uh, wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's ridiculous is that apparently there's a bad guy planet named Ranks. Well, or Ranks City actually or something is like a, that.
1: a. It's not so much. The, Ranks is a R- AI. I think it was. I forget. And your people will probably yell at me afterwards. Uh, again, it's. I believe it's discussed in the um, Green Lantern core books prior to this, and. I'll get to that in a second, because that actually brings up an interesting note. Uh, but uh, Ranks is basically, yeah, it's like a battle. Uh, it's kind of like it's like War, War World 2.0, because they pretty much make this battleship with Ranks as being the central entity or AI yeah. doing it. And the whole purpose of this Ranks or this uh, flying city is to destroy Mogo.
0: By suicide
1: babies. Yeah, Suicide and again, that's all discussed <laughs> in in uh, Green Lantern Corps books, I believe, prior yeah. to this series. So along those lines, what's interesting, what I think is funny, is the fact that back to what I was discussing about like creation of these characters and in the, the backstories, you know, the one guy uh, that. The sniper from the beginning. He's yeah. talking about how he's able to live on the the you know in zero space forever and this, that, and the other, and be, you know, sentient and that the whole p- point is that he's basically been in on this asteroid where the book starts forever. Yeah. But you know, stuff prior to this, like, you know, how long ago? I, I don't know what the timeline I always forget like how they do timelines in comic books, but you know, rebirth only just Really happens twenty issues prior to this. I
0: think it was like maybe a couple months max. Yeah. When Rebirth so you,
1: you know, the, my whole issue with a lot of this stuff is that you know, in, in Rebirth, Sinestra has his old, old black and bluish purple outfit, and yes. And I realize, you know, the the better villains, they don't reveal their whole hand. So who's to say that they don't have all this stuff happening prior? But you know. He has that going on, and then basically, yeah, the babies I believe were just introduced in Greenlander and Core a few issues prior to this. Yeah, they're
0: basically they, were... they look like human babies. Yeah, but they're and so bombs.
1: you know, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe there's supposed to be a timeline set up between issues I believe twenty of both Greenlander Lantern proper and Greenlander Lantern Corps and their you know the first issue of this Sinestro uh, War. Uh, but there's not a lot of time, in my opinion, for events to happen in those previous books and all of a sudden these people are jacked off and they go join sinestro and they've got these giants well war machines set up
0: ranks is pissed off at guy gardner yes if you remember why he's pissed off at guy gardner apparently guy gardner did something to him in the prior prior stories leading up to this apparently gave him diarrhea
1: yeah i guess that's what it is he made this
0: robot planet thing AI whatever like shit itself and so he's pissed and he joined the Sinestro Corps because of that. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, you know, they said evacuate. They Gardner made him evacuate his balls because throughout this entire thing where they're trying to destroy Mogo with uh, Ranks, um, <laughs> the, the one of the Green Lanterns down there is like, oh yeah, Gardner had a scuffle with him and uh, he evacuated his ball uh, balls his bowels and then Ranks is constantly saying, where's Guy Gardner? I want I want to uh, get payback for him.
1: Well, I think the evacuation of the bowels – and again, I have to reread the books, but I think that was the final insult of that whole Yeah, he made story. him shit himself, well, so he's just but, like, I mean, I'm I going think, to kill you. I know. think he basically <laughs> stopped everything, but basically that'd be like, you know, you robbing a bank, and then, you know, Batman going up to you, stopping you, beating you up, and then all of a sudden being like, oh, yeah, here's enema pills. <laughs> Sucks to be you. <laughs> enema pills? Well, you know, it's basically – I don't know if those exist.
0: Oh, <laughs> laxatives. I mean, okay.
1: Well, no, they – you know. I'm not getting into that, but well, uh, anyway, Hitman
0: pun- uh, threw up uh, Indian food on Batman's boots, and Batman knocked him out for that. So,
1: yeah. well, but you know what I mean. Like basically, right. it's, it, the, yeah. the the evacuation of the bowels. I think was the final the insult of yeah. what Guy Gardner actually did in yeah. the stories. But again, I'd have to reread them, and we're talking that's almost ten years ago now, which is kind of amazing, but
0: isn't it? Yeah, we're so old, but yeah. that's
1: what this podcast is all about.
0: Yeah, so they got that going on. Um, this was probably my, actually my favorite part of the story it was just the battle of keeping Mogo alive and, uh, f- keeping ranks off. But essentially at this point, I believe Mogo is about to go down when the guardians at the time are, <clears throat> excuse me, going to have to rewrite the book because the book of, Oa, the, the, the lanterns, uh, constitution, basically the green lanterns constitution, uh, to rise above the Sinestro Corps, and they said there's going to be, I believe, 10 new rules
1: written? Yes.
0: And they only go into the first one, and they allude to the second one at the end, but they don't say what it is, because like I said, this is like a five-year spanning story.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it (laughs) turned into that, and I don't... And
0: the first first act was use of lethal force engaged.
1: Well, it was use of lethal force against Sinestro Corps. Yeah. So it wasn't actually lethal force against everybody. It was just against... Yes,
0: core. which was really cool because a lot of the Green Lanterns were dying at the time still. And Mogo was about to actually eat it because they were bur- burying into his core because his ring is actually inside the core itself. Yes. And uh, all of a sudden, while they're getting their asses kicked, you see all the use of deadly th- uh, force authorized or whatever. Just keep blinking up over and over and over again, which is a really neat lettering trick to show what's going on. And
1: yes, because actually what what happened was halfway through a series. Because actually, this is the part where I feel like the series kind of like lulled. Uh, yes. I believe the first four issues, five issues in the run, which was the first issue. And then basically it fluctuated between Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. And I believe the first five to six issues were actually very good. And then between issues again, six through to the final issue, it kind of started to die down because it just turned into... They it felt like you
0: read this already. Yeah,
1: they couldn't really do anything. And like again, rereading that, I felt like you know what these Green Lanier core members were just very not creative. Because rereading this, yeah, they can't kill anybody. You know what? They're supposed to be the, ba- the you know have the best willpower of all. They should be able to find creative ways to separate these yahoos from their rings or be able to protect themselves from just deadly forces because they've been able to do this prior from people that don't have yellow rings. And I think it's just the
0: the fact that there's like millions of these guys or hundreds of thousands of these guys. Well, yeah, you're right. One thing that the artists do, especially Ivan Reese, which I give them credit for, um, he reminds me of a cross between maybe the Kubert's from the uh, the mid 90s, Adam and Andy Kubert or Kubert. I don't know how you want to pronounce that last name. I've never actually heard it pronounced. And uh, George Perez, where he just puts a bunch of stuff like, it's kind of detailed in its own little way, but there's a million characters on the, the page at one time. Oh,
1: yeah, because, like, in in essence, a lot of it was that uh, Sinestra basically kind of gave a ring to anybody he wanted to, and he basically yeah. was like... Every Arkham Asylum that ever existed, essentially. Well, yeah, planet. basically, if you just have the ability to give fear and you want to kill random people, uh, I'm going to give you a ring, which was actually, in when you read the book or read the series... It's what he wanted, but his end all be all, and I'll get to that in a little bit. That that's not actually what he wanted. He he right. got his end all be all when they made the final law. Yeah. Uh, but again, back to what I was saying about the law. Uh, the, one is- the one issue. The uh, one issue has uh, after uh, Kyle gets sent to Quad and gets turned to Parallax. How, <clears throat> I'm cracking a voice. How and John Stewart and Guy Gardner also end up going to quad and then the lost lanterns, which are the ones that how beat up and stole the rings at the end of *Emma twilight, but when you issues up prior, they go after him. And so they're, they're basically tasked with locating ion at that point, which they don't realize that ion is actually Parallax. separated from yeah. Kyle Rayner. And then how wants to save John Stewart and guy, guy Gardner. Gardner. yeah, And so they split up. And at one point, um, Budica, I, I don't know. Budica, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, who was always one of my favorite characters, but because she's been on there forever, but she actually tries to use lethal force against one of them, and then her ring stops. Shuts down. And her ring actually, in Emerald Twilight, How actually cut off her hand or removed her one her right hand. Yes, and then because of her ability to have another the ring, she has a right hand, but then. She when goes the ring to goes, le- goes yeah, away. Yeah, she yeah. goes to use Lethal Force, and then her ring completely shuts off. And loses she loses her hand, and then basically the other lanterns have to just like carry her because she's whatever. And then as soon as uh, they allow Lethal Force, like you just mentioned, hers just immediately turns right back on. Which
0: hers is also the most powerful at the time because I'm going to tell you something. I really, really hate this device, and I, he uses it constantly. It's the Spider-Man runs out of webbing at the worst possible moment trope where these power rings have the battery life of like a smartphone after eight months where they're just constantly dying like they showed like when you said she didn't have power or when she didn't have a ring like everyone had a ring check and it was like 13.5 percent 20 percent 15 percent these guys barely seem to use their rings at least on screen or panel and hers was at 98.5 percent because it was off but just the fact that this happens, I think, too. I think th- that
1: was actually that one that you're talking about. You're talking about actually when they go into the catacombs. Yes. That was actually the stone guy whose ring is 98 point whatever. Why I forget that? his name because he is so pig-headed and stupid. He actually doesn't feel like he needs to use his ring. Oh, really? Other than flying. He just uses his I guess that strength. would make sense because hers wouldn't yeah. give a power check. Yeah. But that's re- what that that that's, that's why his is so high. Yeah. And, uh, again, along those lines, it. it I don't know – yeah, they have a worse cell life than or uh, battery life than cell phones these days. It, it, it's just it like it makes no sense nuts. because I don't like and I realize I guess they've never probably been in a position where they have to do as much exertion of their willpower to create entity or create uh physical manifestations or use the abilities. But uh yeah, they just seem like they always go out of battery life at the most It it drives me nuts.
0: It's one of the worst, most freshman-ass, freshman writing things you could do. How do we put Green Lantern into a bad situation? Oh, we'll just make sure his ring power is depleted. And it's just like, all right. Because that happens at the end of the book. But it's kind of cool how
1: they go around that. Well, that actually, yeah. That's that's not bad. That makes sense. Yes,
0: but the fact that it happened like two or three times in this book where he just kept losing his ring power was just...
1: Well, um, I mean, in theory, it makes sense that it would lose it. But again... You're in the anti, you know, you're in the anti-matterverse, or you're halfway across a galaxy, and your battery, your ring runs out of battery life. Oh, okay. Well, you're boned. Let I mean, me what the hell? St- I mean, like seriously, like oh, you just <laughs> basically have new lanterns popping up because, I mean, unfortunately, how often do your lanterns go outside of their sectors, you know, whatever? And you know,
0: Hal Jordan apparently <laughs> all
1: the time. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like I don't understand. And, and it, he needs to you get know, one of
0: those pocket chargers just like for cell phones. Yeah. Just really. walk up to a uh, gas station and be like, hey, man, I got to hang out here for five minutes. Can I use your charger or use your power? Something well, like
1: you know, and apparently they just need to all use the pocket verse like I remember they did in um, after this uh, when I was rereading Green Lantern's Secret Origins that uh, Sinestro told how to use was the pocket verse. No. Tricky. Uh, but I mean, it's just, yeah, you're right. It's just, it's one of those stupid. Tricky? That, I'm gonna call it tricky. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, it's
0: tricky. tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Uh,
1: it's just one of those dumb things where it's like, oh, this guy's gonna win the day. Oh, you know what? Battery. You know he's got no cell yeah. bars. it's, so it's, it's that's why
0: I mean it's it's the Spider Man runs out of webbing at the worst possible moment while he's swinging. De- plot device. It's been around forever, but um, yeah, it's I'm not a fan of that. But yeah, the use of force, deadly force, is authorized, and they're able to take back Mogo. And they run away because they also say, well, now that a planet can basically kill your ass, they're not going to go after him. Like, that's been averted. So, um, which brings us up to part two. Um, this- well,
1: actually, you know, again, they they didn't use Lethal Force whenever Mogo, uh, was that? I don't have him in front of me. It was at the very end of that. Yes. Because that's what it I'm was saying. actually after that they went inside of uh, the city and destroyed the city, basically because what happened yeah, was they, they, were inside they got Mogo to actually take Shut all down. The, well yeah he got all of his he s- took all of his life force and put it to his core he cocooned which, himself basically yeah and then he increased he the harder. gravity of his of the planet of himself and then it basically just pulled everything into him and nobody could get near it yeah. and uh, Saddam I think was the character's name. Sodom Yet, Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, the Crappy 2.0, 3.0, version of Superman. I don't want to even get to that character. Mary Sue. Not yet. But, uh, he went in and basically killed, uh, the city. Yeah. And ranks and basically destroyed that. So after that, um, it I just, hated Sodom yeah. Yacht for and, the beginning and, of the and story. And again, like I said, that's the part of the story. Unfortunately, it was really good up to that, and then it just kind of... That was like the five issues I think where it really floundered. Yeah, that was uh, that was part just, two,
0: basically. I yeah. call part one the prologue by itself. But. Yeah,
1: because I, I feel like part one, yeah, was like maybe the first six, six issues. You're right, part two was probably like issue seven through ten, and then unfortunately the last issue pulled it back together again and uh i know you don't have them and didn't read them but out of the mini series uh, series yes there was four
0: one shots at the time as well that came out like halfway through this event
1: uh out of all of them the only one that was actually any good i thought was actually the parallax one i was rereading it actually originally i was looking at it i'm thinking this is going to be the worst one i really don't even want to reread this but actually it turned out to be the best one because it dealt with kyle rayner and just talked about him and uh the loss of all the people that he loved, especially his mother, which was apparently a big
0: Big uh, deal for him and why he lost his willpower. Yeah, well, it was a big deal with the story
1: and then whatnot and dealt with him.
0: You find out a a, a super virus that has a power ring, a a Sinestro ring, is what killed his mother, which I kind of rolled my eyes at.
1: Uh, I thought the
0: idea was kind of cool. It's like just let her die of cancer normally, or or something like that. Don't just have oh, I got an amoeba with a power ring. Like I understand Green Lanterns are cool with the fact that they have squirrels and weird mutant flies and stuff. You have aliens from all across the the universe coming together, but come on, man.
1: Well, again, I thought it, I thought it was a really cool idea that Sinestro was smart enough to employ all these different entities to get the, the yeah. point across. But again, once it, it was kind of like. He just was like very militant. And once he got the point across, he kind of didn't need all these people. And once he got them to change their minds and create the new laws, yeah. he he accomplished what he wanted to. So he Spoiler really alert. He didn't really care. <laughs> um, but like the. Uh, unfortunately, I really was looking forward to the Cyborg Superman story. and Terrible. That one was just horrible. I remember being
0: angry. I can't really remember. Cause that's, these are basically just tellings of their origin, like their backstory. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah.
1: And that was like. And and again, at the time it was like, like looking at the price, too. it was like two ninety nine. Yeah. And so like compared to comics these days, how they're what, three ninety nine or up and this <sighs> would have been a probably a five dollar like, book. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that bad. But I mean you're talking the whole retelling of the stories was it was it was just a retelling of, yeah, his origin, which These are essential <laughs> for people that don't know anything about DC. That's yeah, that's the guess. only reason but, I would and, say And them. again, nowadays I guess you're looking at it, and we've grown up with this now for Ever. Ever. So, like, we, re, you know, we know these characters from, again, like I said, when we were 10 or 11. And so we knew all these stories, but it was just a rehash of that story of prior to the death of Superman stuff. And it really didn't do anything besides he comes down, beats the crap out of the JLA, and punches Superman a bunch of times. Yeah. And that's about it. And then the same thing with the stupid Superboy, Superman Prime, blah, 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 blah. I would story. say that
0: one's kind of essential. More, I I would say Cyborg Superman's worthless, but Superman Prime, he has so much freaking continuity behind him that I think that's essential. If you've never,
1: I I guess
0: so, but my problem. Read, about
1: see, my problem with him being in the series is the fact that he had he he was just he they didn't know what to do with him. They yeah. created his character, him, and then then they they put him off like after Infinite. Crisis, yes, Crisis?
0: the crossover event from previous to this previous year, yeah, Infinite in 2006. Crisis 2006.
1: So, they made him so damn strong and they couldn't kill him, and they have no idea what to do with him. Yeah. And that's the problem that they had with that character. So, what do they do with him? They stick him on OA in their sign cells, and they had a pretty ingenious prison where he was stuck in the middle of a Red Sun with this, that, and the other, yeah, so his powers wouldn't work exactly. And so, then it was pretty awesome that. He was part of the Sinestro Corps, yeah, but you know, the whole time he's just basically, and I don't know what the, the supposed time frame of this book is supposed to be, but he's basically sitting on the moon. And so during I would say it his, takes
0: place in about a week.
1: I, I don't even know if it's that long, because the problem I have with the book is, and I'll get to the end of this, in in his miniseries, you know, he's basically sitting on the moon, and then it goes back into rehashing of his Earth and... Crisis on Infinite Earths and all this infinite crap. Crisis, and yeah. I, Dave can rehash all these because I don't, there's too many. Basically, infinite, in, in Final Infinite, yeah. Infinite Superman release. Prime
0: showed up prior to Crisis of Infinite Earths back in the 80s, where his planet was, Superman was a comic book. There was no such thing as superpowers, but he suddenly had superpowers of Superman. Like yeah. He was the only person. But then the Anti Monitor came along and destroyed his universe, but he was able to get out of it somehow. From another character, and he helped save the day in Crisis of Infinite Earths, but he had to go away into another dimension. And then Infinite uh, Infinite Crisis, the heroes of that came back, uh, which was him, Earths Two Superman, Alexander Luther's Earth Three. Like already right now, this is super confusing. But essentially, he was just at the crux of a very important timeline, or he was he was the crux of a very important storyline like twenty years ago. And Jeff Johns is a big continuity buff and stuff like that. So that's why he's in this. But,
1: Well, so what I'm getting to is the fact that he's basically chilling out on the moon in the book, and then all of a sudden he shows up on Earth, and they're talking about how uh, we can beat him if we get that, the damn armor off of him because it's powering him. And then at the very end of it, yeah, they get the armor off, but then the sun comes up, and it's like the yellow sun that powers Superman because That, he, that armor amplifies his power. Well, it did, but then at the end of the series, he's basically once he gets hit by one ray of the yellow sun, <laughs> yeah. he's goddamn messiah of like supervillains and he's just kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. And so my whole issue with this is and I thought he was a great character involved in this because he's such a cool he was such a cool character. But then I like the idea they, of they they basically yes. gave him so much power. And it's like you're on the moon. You're in space. I think you're waiting for the sun to come around the earth and like you like it and then at the very that, end of yeah. it he basically wanted like I understand he was kind of like but he had enough power you know all he had to do was fly around the yeah. earth and get rays of the rays of the yellow sun and then basically because by the end of the series he's in it for himself which makes sense that yes. he wants to go after the anti monitor but why not just Go around that. I mean, you're you're so strong I, I and so say. powerful, and I realize it's a comic book, and I know that, but it's just one of those. Like I understand, like Cyborg Superman makes sense, and using of the NM Monitor by Sinestro makes sense, but the Superboy Prime, yeah, Sinestro uses him to instill fear or whatnot. You want to say it, but and he has his own private agenda. Private agendas by the end of the book, but he's so damn strong. He just has to go to the sun and then he yeah. can initiate his own agendas and just say, yeah, screw you to everybody else. If I can no... That's my only issue
0: with... If him. I can no-prize that, the only thing I can think of is that Superman Prime is like a 15-year-old kid. He's basically an idiot. I mean, they uh, make yeah, him talk uh, like an uh, idiot. Yeah, I'll So r- I, yeah, I'm just going to uh, assume that like he's just... That's stupid. Yeah, stupid because he does make really dumb mistakes and he talks like an idiot too, which is very good attention to detail. He says, like... Uh yeah really like he talks like uh like that
1: so yeah because the one of the best parts of that, that like that, I do that that uh, one shot is that he goes over to Bart Allen's uh grave at the time and basically was like just laughs at the fact that he's he's like oh you're yeah, he's immature oh and you're dead already oh okay punk um, yeah he's immature sucks to be you
0: which is cool um so yeah the 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 next act of this is essentially. They find out, oh no, the planet wasn't the the plan of the Sinestro Corps wasn't to go to Mogo and destroy the Guardians and all that. It was to go to Earth. So now a battle of lanterns is taking place on Earth all over for some reason just the United States, but I guess that's just a centralized story. Um, they found out (coughs) that apparently every Earth in every fifty all the fifty-two universes is like the key way. To every other universe, essentially, which I thought was the Source Wall, but they say that if the Earth blows up for some reason, the universe will cease to exist.
1: Well, I think the it's that, and again, we're talking. You were more in DC at the time than me, but uh, it was that the Earth of Earth was it Earth One at that time?
0: They are Earth One, yes. The DC yeah. Universe, Earth, is one, Earth
1: was one, Earth, which was is actually called like was somehow like they they had a upside down pyramid. Earth One, Earth was like the crucial Earth, and then if Earth-1 got destroyed, the rest of the Earth would actually, of the 52 collapse. ones, would all collapse. Yeah. yeah. And then the rest of the multiverse would it's collapse the around of it. Yeah. yeah. And then reason.
0: the anti-monitor wins because he wants the anti-universe yeah, to be and, the only and, universe.
1: And that was all... Because, again, prior to that, uh, was they had said there was only one Earth, there was only one universe. Yeah, this is just DC then, fuckery yeah, exactly. going back and forth. And they then, can't make up their mind. And, which, they, and it was prior to that, yeah, because then they had... Infinite Crisis, and that's when they which re- they're doing it reinstated- again currently. With we're not getting to that. Yeah. Are we doing that later? Are we <laughs> we'll we'll do that some uh, other yeah. day. Yeah, we'll do that some other day. Yeah, because prior after Infinite Earth and they or Infinite Crisis, they set up that there was the multiverse was back, and then that's whenever they set up that whole migraine of a yeah. story.
0: This is where also Ivan Reese goes into working overtime with his art. Like there's just millions of people on every page fighting each other and he does like little homages like aliens and predators and stuff like that with sinestro rings on which i thought was kind of neat um the colorist also i don't know their name but the colorist deserves a lot of props here as well because they go in overtime with all the different colors of light especially the last two uh issues when uh they start talking about the red lanterns and the blue. Oh, that, that one
1: issue. That, I mean, like whenever they had the last issue and they discussed the war yeah. of light. I mean, that, I, was that, that was a lot of color. Yeah, and that was basically whenever I got sucked in. I'm like, well, I'm reading this yeah. book till the, the end of this story because yeah. the, the war of the light splash page, when you have every single uh, lantern fighting each other, yes. was just an amazing yeah, that was a really good amalgam spread. of characters and just yeah. imagination.
0: So we also get the fact that Coast City is where Hal Jordan lived. That was his hometown. A lot of DC characters have fake cities. Even though New York and Mount Rushmore are involved in this. Uh, Batman's from Gotham, Superman Metropolis, Keystone City for Flash, etc., etc., etc. Back when the Death of Superman story happened and Parallax was first born out of this, uh, Cyborg Superman blew up Coast City. Like He nuked it. Literally nuked it. Um, which drove... Green Lantern and uh, Hal Jordan insane and that's how he became Parallax cuz he opened up the fear and in Rebirth he rebuilt Coast City when uh, he was the Spectre. Again, this is a lot of a lot of storylines converging together, a lot of continuity. But essentially Green Hal Jordan rebuilt Coast City. The only problem is no it was like a ghost town, like those cities you see in China that are fully built but no one lives in them because everyone's kind of like iffy about like yeah, this place got nuked. This is kind of weird. Like we don't want to live here, especially you know, with all these supervillains running around whatnot, what if it happens again? So, of course, no one's living there except for, like, a handful of people. And, well, and Hal, they make a
1: point of pointing out that Hal's brother yeah, and Hal's his brother lives living. there.
0: And they want to blow up Coast City again just because of symbolism. But uh, also, they're fighting in New York and they're fighting in San Diego and they're fighting on Mount Rushmore for some reason because that means a symbol of hope. I don't know why. But the anti-monitor is in New York City.
1: Where yes, he's trying yes. to blow
0: up the planet. Yes. Even the Justice League's involved at this point. You see Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman. Uh, the JSA is running around, but they're all ancillary characters in the background. They don't really get more than a couple speech bubbles here and there. Yes. <clears throat> um, and this is just where I, I think it kind of farts on itself because like there's just way too much going on. There's way too many characters involved. Like you want to have this big Warhammer fight. Have all like like when you play Starcraft and you mass all these forces and you're gonna take your 200 carriers or whatever against his 500 space marines and you're just going to have a big... like You're going to get all the toys together and fight. It's just... I feel it's too much because it's all over the place. I I don't know how you...
1: No, see, I disagree because actually I think they did a very good job of... They make two crucial battles, one being in Coast City between Hal and... Kyle. and Yeah, Kyle's there and Sinestro. And then the other fight is in New York with the anti-monitor... Uh, Superman simple, Prime, yeah, Superman Prime, and basically the rest of the uh, best of the rest of the Sinestro Corps and the whole Green Lantern Corps and the Guardians are all in New York. So I actually think, and, and again, when you read it, it's a double sized issue, so there's enough room to do this. Hmm. So the first half of the issue really is a lot of setup because uh, Ganthit and his Say girlfriend, it. yeah, show up and talk to the four Earth Lanterns and explain what's going on with. The the um the book and the um, prophecy of Blackest Night, and they discuss the War of the Light, and then at that point, uh, the Four Lanterns: John Stewart, Guy Gardner, Hal Jordan, Finers, and yeah. um, Kyle Rayner all who, split up. Who they take over Parallax? They beat him. As well, well, what happens was, yeah, at the very end, at the beginning of the issue, Hal and how actually gets reabsorbed by the Parallax entity. I'm going to say it: yeah. who has possessed kyle's body uh and then they basically fight and they get they expel they kind of jump out of a painting yeah they they kind of jump out of the body uh and then parallax is like kind of loose and then they basically because originally actually what happened was uh the green lanterns uh the whole thing is that they imprisoned parallax as a whole entity inside of the central power battery yes and um, Sinestro realized that and basically used that so the Parallax would actually seep more into how, which was what happened with Emerald Twilight. And that's why they were uh, not able to affect things that are yellow, and that's the whole yellow uh, impurity thing. Um, but basically then to kind of get around that, they purposely vivisect Parallax, I could say, yes. and separate them into four pieces and put them into... Four different batteries, uh, but after they explain the War of the Light, then they, the the teams branch off, and so um, I actually like the, how the, the way that the issue was because the whole end on what, what's interesting is when you reread this and you kind of forget about it. What the whole end all be all of it was that uh, Sinestro believed the War of the Light. He believed the prophecy of yeah, Blackest he, he Night. Was all in, all he was in all it. into it, and the Guardians just were never ever ever able to admit. That they could be wrong, or that emotions were good, or that emotions had this much power, and that's why they did what they did. And yeah. in essence, honestly, caused Blackest Night because that's where this this all leads to Blackest Night. Everything that whenever they changed the rules, it just it, you know learns and turns turns into a two year long story of yes, Blackest Night. And the whole point of this though was that Sinestra wanted them to change the rules so that people would fear. The Green Lantern Corps, so that the universe would change because that's what they needed to do. He was and essentially Ozymandias from Watchmen, yes, and that so, was his whole goal. He was playing he, everyone, so, even the yeah. and along those lines, he was, yeah, he was using them all as his vessels to do this, Mons, yeah. And, um, but they all had their own private agendas, and that's what happened to the other side of it in New York. You know, the anti monitor showed up, and basically, he realized what he wanted to do, and honestly. I think Sinestro always probably believed that the heroes would defeat him. I don't know. You, you, you don't know this. He Through doesn't say this. Losses. Yeah, uh, he probably could have probably kicked his ass by himself because the Antimonitor was just so pompous. But basically, then you have the heroes all fighting him, and um, you know you have the Guardians fighting him and all that stuff, and then at the end beating him, in which you know led to Blackest Night because then the Anim- Antimonitor goes gets shut. Thrown into space by Superboy, and he yeah. becomes the power battery for the Black Lanterns. Yeah, let's let's uh, back
0: that up real quick. Though you mentioned Superboy doing that, we also mentioned a guy named Sodom Yacht or Sodom Yacht. How do you uh, pronounce yeah. his name? Yeah, he is a Mary Sue character. Which, if for anyone doesn't know what a Mary Sue, basically, it's the author inserting like this powerful character sometimes as himself, like living vicariously through a character. I don't think that's the case here. They just they just needed a new guy. Like a new hot shot, essentially, and he hung out in the Green Lantern Corps books. I think prior to this, um,
1: I'd have to read them, but I never read the ones where he was in it. Okay, yeah.
0: but he's essentially just this guy, you know, brash, just like Hal Jordan. But he was in the same solar system as Krypton. Um, his oh, son, yeah, yeah his okay. son was basically what blew up Krypton, like on his planet, but. So he kind of has the same Kryptonian powers of you know the yellow sun powering him is up. Is that in what it was, or is it
1: just that they're descended from? They're, they're, I know that they're relatives of the Kryptonians, and then they grew up on a, a planet that was imbued. That with might red be it. Rays. But they're,
0: they're, he's indirectly involved with that whole situation.
1: Yeah, he's somehow Kryptonian, but yeah,
0: part Kryptonian. So he's like this hot shot, and he eventually gets the Ion power in him. So he's now called Ion, like. He's he wasn't ready yet. The the Guardians even mentioned that, but like at this point in time with all the Sinestro core on Earth trying to blow everything up and the Anti monitor almost succeeding, they give him Ion's power. And this is the part where Superman Prime or Superboy Prime, whatever you want to call him, um, just gets pissed off and just starts killing everyone because he doesn't know what the hell's going on or something like that and he's just bored, I believe.
1: Yeah, he just basically well but he picks a at fight that with point. Him. He, well, what happens? Yeah, he basically gets hit with the yellow ray. He's just kicking everybody's ass because yeah. just that's his whole point is he just jacked off that his world is gone and he just they wants to imprison him. Back. Yeah, yeah, basically. And and again, that's one of the that's the, one of the other worst parts of the story was that character because you know you're basically taking Superman. To a uh, you know, we'll take if if Superman is your ten in my comparison, this character should be an eight in power levels. You're yeah. talking he should be there. Now Superboy Prime, unfortunately, compared to Superman, is actually the eleven. Yeah, he he's that much stronger than Superman. Uh, but you're also imbuing him with this the 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 entity of willpower. I mean, right. he should be doing whatever. And so, unfortunately, that was the one of the biggest letdowns of this whole series was that issue of Green Lantern Corps, which is actually part 10 of the series, I believe, where the two of them are fighting. And it was just like, why is this even here? Because the entire issue is just Superboy Prime kicking his ass. And Saddam Yacht's kind of sticking in there a little bit, but at no point does he ever, and I realize they, they, they address this in a one-shot afterwards, he never really uses anything the Green Lantern ability at all. He never uses the green for yeah. anything. And yeah. it's just like, all he, all, all this issue was, was a filler until the last issue. Yeah. Because what, what, he doesn't do, nothing happens.
0: What I did like is how Superboy Prime was essentially kicking his ass and they got into that nuclear power reactor or whatever. And he actually took a lead, like pole or whatever they use, a lead core. The uranium. Yeah. And yeah. just stabbed them with them. So now he has lead poisoning. Yeah. So they gave him like this little, well, I can't, You know I can't turn my ring off, or else I'm just going to die immediately. I think they also did that with a Legion of Superhero character. See, I
1: hate to say it, but I think you're—I think you're right. But I I was glossing over that issue because, like, I forgot how bad it was until I read it, and (laughs) I'm just like, oh, so boring. And the best part of that issue was whenever he jams the uranium rod into Superboy Prime's mouth, and Superboy just starts "Hmm, eating it. This tastes good, (laughs) and it's just like. I forgot how bad this issue was <laughs> and how horrible these characters were. And, and again, Superboy Prime was one, like, a, I'm going to reiterate it. I'm going to get to this at the very end because there's something I want to touch, touch, touch upon we discussed back then. But he was just one of the characters that they, they made. And unfortunately, they had no idea what to do with him because yeah. he was just too damn powerful of a character and they could not do anything with him and he was too damn powerful of a villain. Yeah. And it just they couldn't do anything.
0: If if you took that panel out of context, it would have looked like some Brazzers Bukkake shot or something like that. That's how gross it looked. Yeah. But yeah, Sodom Yacht gets lead poison this way, which kind of is part of his character, I believe, for the rest of his continuity. I didn't really pay attention to him after that, but for the most part, I just hated him because he was always Mr. I'll save the day. Hey, look at me. Look at me. The writers are like, you got to look at this guy. He's really important. Like, they should have just started drawing arrows on him at this point. It was like shoved down your throat so bad. But uh, finalizing out the fight here, they essentially throw super Cyborg Superman also has like War World, which is like a a planet that makes the well, manhunters.
1: Warworld War was uh, Mogo's planet.
0: It was. Well, yeah. no, wh- whatever that was. Orb... Not Mogo. Uh, ranks.
1: Margo Mongol. 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 World. Yes. Yes. Warworld. Yes. And so they used Warworld. I think they used it in this just to create the manhunters. I yes, believe. Yes.
0: Yes. And that was on Earth, which they threw at the well, Green they, Lantern they, Corps. They,
1: yeah. They. They were basically. It was basically their. Death Long. Star that they were yeah. just bringing to Earth yeah. to house their thing, and then yeah, they used it. What happened was then the Green Lanterns used it because the Anti Monitor was basically trying to destroy the planet, and so what they did was they they lassoed Warworld, brought it down to the planet, had the Guardians and all the Green Lanterns make a protective protective shell around it all, and they exploded Warworld.
0: On his the anti-monitor to go, the, and yeah. to
1: destroy the anti-monitor. And this is one of the, this is and he really he rocketed well, basically. And, and, and this is basically the best panel of the whole series, honestly, because this goes back to Hank Henshaw. This is the one thing, because his whole thing was he was talking to the anti-monitor, and the anti-monitor had promised him that he was going to kill him. Because mm-hmm. when you read this stuff, all he wanted to do was get with his wife who had died. And this was the best part, because then he goes and he thanks the Green Lantern Corps, for killing him, and right that's, all he dies, he, right. that's all he's wanted for however long because of this horrible existence he's had for how long he's been in, in, in comic book existence. It's been like a year, and yeah, <laughs> and, and it's been a year from their series for us, it's been forever, yeah. But uh, so he does that, and then the anti monitor's armor is completely wiped out. Hank Henshaw is dead at this point, too. Superboy uh, go ahead. Superboy Prime grabs him and basically at this point he he realizes the tide has turned. He grabs the anti-monitor because he was like gonna try and do something. He just was like, Well, I'm gonna F you up because you destroyed my world and yeah. I hate you. So he throws him into space and then just launches him into space <laughs> like a football. Yeah. And then so then the guardians are like, oh, you know, this freaking kid, I freaking hate this kid. And well, so he they, tried killing one of the guardians. Well, he goes, he he basically goes to kill a guardian. He's he starts to rip him apart, and he's like, what the hell? Is this you bleeding? And he's like, no, this is me dying. And then the Guardian basically explodes and takes Superboy Prime with him.
0: That was a cool splash page. Yeah. Yeah, he was just a skeleton after that.
1: And then, But we
0: find out later he was actually teleported to a different world or well, a different He, time he was period.
1: teleported to the multiverse. Yeah. And, well, we can get to this now. So the best part about all that was the fact that that's the whole point of his existence, is that he wants to find his own universe again. Right. And... Because that's all. That's all he. I mean, yeah, he's a villain. He's killed how many heroes? He killed World of Beast or whoever that stupid character was. Teen like, all these horrible yeah. Teen Titan characters. All he wanted to do after they broke out of their pocket dimension in Infinite Crisis home. was to go home. Yeah. And the multiverse was back, so in theory, his universe should have been back. So that's yeah. all he wanted. And I just remember before this all came out, DC. And many of you might not know this, and if you ever read these old issues. During this whole time frame of Infinite Crisis and 52 and Countdown Final and, fi- and all that stuff, they were doing these really cool splash pages that showed you pictures of all these characters. And basically, it was like a big what-if, mis- not a what-if, but it was just a mystery, a precursor to what was going to happen in the future. Right. And prior to all this happening, there was one splash page, and it's in all these issues where you have a, a shot of... Um, Kingdom Come Superman standing there with Hank Henshaw Superman. And then there's a Superman character there with long hair and a black suit outfit similar to the black suit yeah. that Superman wore when he came back. And Dave and I were both dis- discussing this, whatever. And I was, for some reason, pulled it out of left field. I remember this, that I said, I think it's going to be Superboy Prime. And I don't remember what he said, but it turned out that I was right. Yeah. And my whole issue with all this, though, was that they did a lot of this stuff. But then it didn't go anywhere. And yeah, he was reintroduced and I don't remember what happened to him after this, but he
0: basically was just his asshole self. Again, and he was running around blowing up literal planets. Like he was trying to fi- He blew up earth because he was pissed off. It wasn't his at one point. And yeah, countdown to infinite crisis is terrible. I, I don't read it because you like- mean final crisis. No, Final Crisis is confusing, but Countdown is terrible because they essentially...
1: Wasn't Countdown, though, to Final Crisis, not Infinite Crisis?
0: Yes, but then basically Grant Morrison ignored most of it. Uh, yeah. Like, it, yeah. It's, you do not need to read it at all unless you're really interested in uh, the Red Hood. <laughs> the Red Hood and uh, Donna What's-Her-Face from the Teen Titans. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. but
1: Yeah, unfortunately, at that point, DC, I, don't, I really don't... <sighs> Whereas they are trying
0: to do the weekly thing every Jeff, year. Yeah, yeah. And whereas so Jeff popular.
1: Johns now, since their stupid new fifty-two has a better hold on what they did, I feel like if they had got him a couple of years earlier, it would have been a better idea for the whole collective. But I don't know what they were striving for
0: with new fifty-two.
1: Well, no, with what they, this with the infinite. Infinite Crisis 52, Countdown, Final Crisis. I don't even well, know. I mean, it's just, it's just it the just It was event. just, yeah.
0: It was just, it was. Yearly events were. Yeah. A few.
1: And at that point, I think Marvel had started that ball rolling with Civil War and just started the ball. Avenger
0: Disassembled, I think, was really when they started the And weekend. they were
1: just playing, again, you know, this is a whole other debate, but with the movies, but DC may have been trying to play catch up at the time. I don't know. But it was just that, unfortunately, I feel like they had a very cl- concise opinion with green lantern and
0: it was contained yeah
1: and and then they had to play to the bigger dc universe dc stories yeah. and it just it found her because i, right. I at that point i think dc the green lantern was the best thing they had going for him right then uh even so more than batman and anything else i think dc the green lantern was the strongest book they had going because i know at that point i wasn't reading batman yeah because he just- was
0: done with flash i would say flash but he wasn't writing flash anymore at that point so yeah you're probably right but oh wait, yeah, it was him and Batman cuz Grant Morrison was writing Batman at the time you know, as well.
1: Yeah, well, Grant Morrison can
0: Well, I mean, the numbers don't lie. I'm yeah. just uh, yeah, you you're not a fan of it, but I mean, those were the two biggest books at the time. Yeah. Um and then finally we, all that happened uh but finally over in Coast City yet again like we mentioned earlier, the power rings for Kyle and how were at a uh, 0% essentially. Well, what
1: happened was that uh Sinestro revealed basically he's fight they're they're fighting all the Sinestro Corps members they had there and then he's like well my Manhunters don't just work on my guys they work on you too and he basically has the Manhunters suck the battery energy out of the Green Lantern rings. Yeah. So then now they're just hand to hand and then Hal grabs a manhunter and sucks, sucks. Sinestro Sinestro's ring out, so then it's completely hand to hand. So it's just a fist fight. Yeah, they're just fist fighting in Coast City, which I liked. Yeah, There's and just then just guys it just boils down to them beating him up and then basically at the very end he's it's not it, it, like he kills them, it's not like whatever. He's like, You're under arrest. Yeah. And it's just like again, it goes back to them policing and he arrests him for every all crimes he's committed.
0: And Sinestro, I don't think he reveals it to Jordan, but he basically monologues it, I think, where he says what we mentioned earlier, how he wanted the book to be rewritten—that was his entire. Ozymandias I think he moment. says it, but yeah, basically, it's that like he wanted moment. the
1: universe to change, and it has because he wanted. Yeah, he wanted he's like, them I to. Got feel, you guys to grow he, balls. Needed, he needed. Yeah, exactly. He needed that to happen, and then
0: he's back in prison. Superman yeah, Prime. The, Superman Prime's assumed dead, but we know he's in the universe. Cyborg Superman's done with, but he's going to be rebuilt again. And well, the yeah. At the, unfortunately,
1: yeah. So he dies, and then like. You know, the prologue is...
0: Epilogue.
1: Epilogue, I'm sorry. Uh Sinistra's in jail, which is what happens. Yeah. But, and, you know, and that's the worst... I, I Again, I feel I feel bad for that character because... I mean, he did kill a lot of people. Yeah, but, yeah, you're right. But, again, you got to feel bad for him because, yeah, he killed a lot of people, but...
0: He, I don't he, feel bad for him. Well... <laughs> it's his a, it's his a, ends justify the means, which I like but you don't have to be sympathetic for him. Like, I don't know. I, he's know, doing I, the I greater like a, good. I like
1: a good... I understand, like... See, that's the interesting... Like, I'd like to think that... I'd like to know where the character's actual uh, motivation is whenever he killed all the people in Coast City and nuked it, as opposed to now when his whole motivation has supposedly always been that he wants to die. That being said, I think he's a very tragic character, I like what they did with him and I thought it was very unfortunate for him that at the very end of the issue you have all the manhunters going up to him. all he all that he is is like basically like half of a skull his brain matters there in space yeah. and then the jackass manhunters go up to him and they, they basically like revive him and it's like you know a couple panels and it's like no life signs no life signs oh life signs and then yeah. you see him crying and it's it, I feel like it's an unfortunate end yeah. um, and then the very end of it is that you have the anti-monitor Shooting off into space, and he just looks like a weird. He looks black like the shadow. Well, he looks. He, he, out. he looks like the freaking black version of there uh, the tannish more version of the uh, goofy. What the stupid hoop? Hoopa? hoopa. The, no, hoopa. Uh, <clears throat> the dumb morph like Supergirl character from the whole. You mean purple Supergirl? Yeah, that was an alien, alien. Supergirl. Super, yeah, basically he looks like a like a tan or a grayer version of her crashing into space and I mean, then the black, like a stretched out black shadow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, he crashes into whatever planet that is, and then the Black Lantern forms around him, and he's just screaming because he's like, "Oh, I knew this was kind of going to happen, but I didn't want it to happen." And then it ends, and then you know the funny thing is, again rereading it, uh, and they talk about the War of the Light, and we can discuss Blackest Night later, but. Um, rereading what they say blackest night is where it's the absence of how the, uh, the war of the light, which is all the emotions fighting each other gives way to blackest night. The lack of emotion when you reread, when you think about it and whatnot, um, it, it makes sense what they were doing there. But yep. I just remember looking at all these meme. well, they weren't memes back then, but images of people on the internet being all jacked off. Cause unfortunately the final scene is they show zombie hands pushing out of the earth with black rings on them. And yeah. this was right after the time, I think that Marvel zombies came out actually too. So this, this it was very was reminiscent
0: the, of it. Yeah. This was getting to the the point where zombies were about
1: to get fucked out. Yeah. And I remember a lot of people all jacked off. And I think at the time I was like, well, we'll see, I, you know, whatever, but uh, you know, and, and maybe we'll have to do a podcast of this later, but reread enough to find it. But thinking about what they tried this, st- when I reread that, the last issue and thinking about what they went to, I understand where he's at. Um, But that brings me on to my other closing point is, is that I remember uh, getting to this stuff about blackest night and we'll get to, I guess we can get this later and I'm going to point this out now. And many of you people can come back to Dave and tell me if I'm wrong or point out where this happens. I remember reading an interview with somebody that interviewed Jeff Johns and he's pointed out, and many of you might notice, know this, or at this point will notice this, that a lot of the, uh, the, all the different Lantern cores have a circle in their logo. And he made a point of pointing out that there's a reason for that, and there's a reason that the Black Lantern logo kind of looks like a hand the way it is. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to read this. And then to my knowledge, I'm kind of jacked off. I have not found, he, he, he never explained it. And
0: Well, I thought it was just because the black hand was the Herald. I, in the first.
1: What does that have to do with the ring, though? Well, he was. There, like, there, there was. I, I feel like there was supposed. Maybe I don't know, but like, it, I feel like he was going to be like it was a clear as day thing. So like, how they basically went and said, they explained. Oh, green is now the willpower. Green is now willpower. Red is this. This is this. I the and I could be wrong, but the way he made it in the interview, the there was a very, um, very laid out and good reason why like at that time why i think the different colors weren't going to work on the we we're weren't we're not working on the black lanterns because they're whatnot. dead <clears throat> well I, I, but i but <laughs> why does compassion work on it I And mean, we'll get to that later yeah. but um and, and like i said i could be wrong he might have explained this later but i i, I don't know and it just it sounded like they had a very good or at least had a very good tie-in for all of them why the black was this and actually the white lantern logo was almost the exact same hand but the fingers were kind of spread they were supposed to be a very good reason and and to my knowledge he never explained that and i was mm. always waiting for that he
0: could have just been talking out his ass at the time because so, i mean if you think about it if he had that interview before it came out like those years past like even at the end of this book it says coming in 2009 like well that's when it came out though no, no, 2007 with the Sinestro Core. When I yeah. they, they set up Blackest Night, they said in 2009, watch it. It's like they had this all planned out, but things can change over time, you know?
1: Well, yeah, and that's possible because, unfortunately, right after Blackest Night...
0: um, Like, it's a pretty ballsy move to say this is happening in two years,
1: so get ready. Well, they had it set, but it, it did. Yeah. It, I mean, timeline-wise, it actually... I mean, you you're talking 24 issues later, it kind of came out. Yeah. And again, cause this started my, this basically just kicked off my obsession with Green Lantern. Uh, yeah, I guess you guess so. And, um, reading of DC books cause part of that, I wasn't really, yeah. um, but I did, you know, I write after this, I picked up Green Lantern and Green Lantern core religiously yeah. until, um, the new 52 started yeah. and it was all because of this and, um, and unfortunately you know in this day and age that's probably my question to for the rings you know these people these these comic companies they have bigger unfortunately they have bigger agendas than what some of these writers have Uh, Bottom um yeah i realize that but they have agendas because they want readers and whatever and me i want a complete story and i'd rather pay I'd rather would have paid DC $100 a book to get the store I wanted than waited how That's long I did and not man. get it, you whatever. Could write it yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, some of these writers are slaves. Yeah, they're slaves to the, the editors. And and the series, is, you know, the books are going to go the way they are, whether they went from the new 52 to the new reboot where all this stuff did happen or didn't happen. And, yeah. you know, but. Would you recommend this book to someone,
0: this story, I should say?
1: Yeah, I would, because actually, um, again, rereading it, it's very good. And honestly, in if you read New 52, if you read, um, uh, what is it? Um, what was the Absolute Evil book? I, my brain is I really scared. didn't read anything from um, New 52
0: except Swamp Thing and Animal Man.
1: Um, whenever they did the uh, Villains, was it Villains United, Villains Triumphant? And everybody's gonna hate me because I can't remember the book. And it's you mean the long. you mean the old like no no six? no the, this no this the, the fifty two series that just came out where uh, oh Earth like a t- year ago yeah where the Earth t- well it's longer than that but yeah villains united or whatever that was uh, they actually referenced the Sinestro Corps in that and it was pretty awesome. Well, a certain it- character showed up with a uh, yellow ring and made a splash effect, and I'm not gonna say who it was. And we it can basically. Spoil it. It was Batman because he's badass and it's Batman, <laughs> okay. uh, and he throws a yellow ring on, and it's pretty awesome that it does. And he he has it because of the war, the Sinestro Corps war on
0: Earth. Yeah, the thing about the New Fifty Two was Johns and Grant Morrison were like the guys, so of course they get a little bit more leeway. So when they rebooted New Fifty Two, they couldn't do it from scratch because of all that work they put into those characters. So they said, "All right, all this stuff happened, but you know, this stuff just mainline it. Like we can ignore some of the stuff here and there, but." Sinestro Corps War, War of Light, that all that stuff still happened. Batman's R.I.P., uh, Damien, all that stuff, that still happened. But let's ignore everything else. That's essentially what it was. And another reason why I wasn't a big fan of that. But that's for another... That's another thing. That That's probably why he had that ring, because they're like, all right, well, this still happened. Well, exactly. Him, so. Yeah,
1: it did happen, and that's what they said it happened. But, um, the, yeah, he did say that it happened, but it just... And... and for you newer guys listening to that, newer readers, you may not understand how much issues we have with continuity stuff. For you older ones, you kind of do. And not that we have issues with it, but it's just, it's hard sometimes.
0: You put all your dedication into a character, and when they take that away, it's like, well, this was pointless. It exactly. Exactly. I can and. See that.
1: Yeah, the new fifty-two. If we want to do a whole nother hour podcast here, we could just get onto that because I'm kind of jacked off with a lot of about <laughs> stuff about that. And again, in my opinion, yeah, Sinestro Corps War was awesome. It was very good. It's worth reading. But the best part about this, the best thing that happened from this, was Swamp Thing came back. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the best true. thing because Sinestro Corps War led went right up to Blackest, Blackest Night. Night which went into Brightest Day, which was not bad, but the best part about Brightest Day was that Swamp Thing came back. Yeah. And then it led to, not the Scott Snyder book, because that was okay, but I guess what, the um, uh, and I'm horrible with writers, but the book after Scott Snyder wrote it was way better than his book, yeah. and many of you are going to hate me, but I'm sorry, it was. It was, it was decent overall. Um,
0: I like that this event was contained in the Green Lantern books. A lot of these crossovers would just have its own own separate book. And then you'd have a bajillion tie-ins. Every single book would have a tie-in. Infinite Crisis was lousy with this. I mean, Marvel Civil War, uh, Avengers versus X-Men, Final Crisis. They all had some weird tie-in to a degree, but Green Lantern was pretty much self-contained except for a few outliers. You say you read the Blue Beetle books.
1: Yeah. I have the Blue Beetle book. It was only a one shot. Yeah. And have, at the time I thought it was good rereading it. Um, it's not bad, but <clears throat> it, uh, yeah, it basically just takes place in the couple, the short timeline that the war is on Earth. Yeah, and Blackest Night was also super lousy about. Oh tie-ins yeah, unfortunately. Like if you were then enjoying
0: even, your story, too bad you're gonna have a Blackest Night tie-in. Well, right? and that's the worst.
1: Yeah, the Blackest Night tie in Some of them are good, but once you got to. Um, they all turned out to be the same, unfortunately. And And they were not that, yeah, they were not that good. Don't get me wrong. Blackest Night was good, just the tie-ins. And if if none of you ever read it, they were just, once you got one, you understood them all, and they kind of did all the same thing. There was only a couple. And and again, it was like, if you like certain characters, uh, what it did and how it played on their emotions, uh, some of them were very good because of certain characters. But yeah, like Booster Gold had a Blue Beetle come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I was dumb enough and I had enough money that I was getting a lot <laughs> of them and yeah. um, it was just the same thing week in, week out and
0: yeah. it was just was not good. I think another a neat thing that Sinestro Core did was it kind of boosted other characters like Mongol. We mentioned him briefly. He was a uh, Green Lantern Corps uh, like villain, like a recurring character, like an over, overarching recurring villain for them. But he would just take all the dead Sinestro Corps uh, rings, as well yeah, as like yeah, kind that... of the guys that, like, after the war was over, he was like, "You guys can work with me. We're not really in the core, but you still have your rings." And he had like I don't know, like eight rings on his fingers. Well, yeah, like
1: that. that was the cool thing was that in the end of um, so in the end of the last issue of Green Lantern Corps, uh, they set up the later stories. So they set up a character for the Sinestro Corps called Crib, yes, who was going around. And stealing babies. all the babies of uh, Green Lantern Corps members, and actually, I think the second role that they get into later on—if you want to talk about this—we can. Uh, we the second role, soon, but... uh, well, okay, that's fine. But the second role was about, I believe, the members not having, not being romantically involved. Yeah. And but then a lot of the Green Lantern Corps books after that were dealing with. Um going after Crib and then later on, yeah, Mongol, because uh Sinestro got arrested, so then there was this giant power vacuum on yes. for leadership, and That's the Mongol stepped in and basically was just going around. And and there's a really cool st- part of that story where Articu- Articulo or Artilo is like bitching and moaning and trying to fight him. He basically rips his tongue out, mutes him, and bitch slaps him. And then yeah. basically he runs <laughs> and he gives him his tongue and he wears like a necklace of shame. Yeah. And um, then once Sinestro kind of gets, re- it's it's kind of funny because it just reveals to you how bad Sinestro is because later on he escapes and uh, reestablishes control and Mongol Like it's just like yeah. you think Mongol's a badass, but it literally is like you walking up to a potato bug <laughs> and just being like swat i mean he just he just he just swats them yeah it's also cool because Arkillo is like throughout the entire
0: book he's literally ripping green lanterns in half and bathing in their blood like he's constantly showered in body parts and then you have mongol just come up and bitch slap him yeah just like kind of like a dbz thing too where it's just like oh this guy was so powerful and then all of a sudden this new guy comes around just like oh shit
1: well and it's one of those things like when you look at it and I'm not insulting these characters, but you. And again, they make a big deal. And it, yeah, we read the ones about the men's because that's what we read. But you, you, you got to wonder what these characters are used to, because again, they're they're the police. They're not used to these people doing it. So I, I hate to say it, but unfortunately, they're not used to somebody like that coming at them, being able to yeah. kill them, and whatever. So yeah, unfortunately, they yeah. they get pwned. Um, pwned? Yeah, <laughs> wow, pwned. That's, that's a word. Uh, but um, yeah, like. The rest of the, after this, the Green Lantern Corps deals a lot with the Sinestro Corps, uh, mostly with Crib and Mongol, like I said. And then the regular Green Lantern Prime after this, and this all leads up to Blackest Night, which was yeah. two years later. Uh, Green Lantern itself deals with um, the discovery of the other oh, lanterns. Oh, yeah. Yes, and um, whatnot.
0: You say you recommend this though. Overall, I would say I would only recommend this book if you are interested in green lantern like if if you're just like i want a good comic book story i don't recommend this because it's just so continuity heavy and you need to know things from prior like you need to read like they kind of sort of establish like this is kind of what happened like real quick they kind of try to explain rebirth in like one page but it's
1: still confusing i would i would imagine it's still confusing i recommend reading it that being said, I think you should read Green Lantern Rebirth and you could also yeah. and and now these days in this day and age it's not that hard to get these books. No, I read these ago. online. Exactly. <laughs> um, Without pirating. you know I, I, I would it. honestly read Emerald Twilight, um Breeze over uh the birth of Su- their death of Superman, but you really don't have to. You just have to know this stuff happens. But Emerald Twilight is the one's to read. Green the Lantern cliff Rebirth notes
0: of Crisis of Infinite Earths. Just to get the anti-monitor. Yeah, but the, I mean, yeah, protection. yeah,
1: yeah. You're probably right because I, again, I never read it, but I, I just know that he's basically yeah. this badass just character. Just get the cliff notes, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if you just want to read, a st- if you
0: just want to sit down and read something, I don't recommend this because there is so much reading material prior. But if you're getting into it, if you think this stuff's interesting, I highly do recommend this. It's just. It's just that Feaster fan. It's like, you can't just read this and be happy with it. You have to know all this other stuff, which is...
1: Well, that being said, it's also horror. one... Again, the history and the lore with Green Lantern, I think th- th- this started where it made it a lot more interesting. Um, yes. Because it, it's... It, again, like I said, this this piqued my interest in it because prior to this, I hate to say it, I was just straight up Batman. Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing else going on in DC. Every once in a while, I'd try and read a book here and there from DC... Uh, but nothing held my interest until this, uh, started. And it just was such an awesome idea that they finally were doing this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just got the ball rolling on my, my eventual interest in the, in the, in that, uh, publisher. And awesome. then got me down the road of collecting way more books than I should. Have.
0: <laughs> yeah. Especially on this day of, uh, online. Um, all right. Well, that, that's, that's our thoughts on it. Uh, Overall, I looked up the rankings on Amazon because there's no Metacritic for comic books that I know of yet. Um, There's several different versions of this. There's paperbacks, hardcovers, omnibuses, essential paperbacks. It it averages about 4.5 out of 5 stars, Um, so take that for what you will on Amazon. They're usually pretty good about that. Um, Usually the 5-star reviews and the 1-star reviews I don't really look at if they're more than not more than like two paragraphs because it's usually just dumb fanboy stuff um do you have anything you want to plug
1: uh i just want to have a shout out to the comic shop I frequent it's arkham gift shop on route eight uh, in pittsburgh yes pittsburgh pennsylvania uh you can look it up online and i don't know we do you guys do you attach a uh a link to their website for this somehow no Okay, well, it's Arkham Gift Shop, uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you look it up, it's on Route Eight. Uh, Jeff yeah, Jeff is, owns it. He's a cool guy. Yeah, Jeff is a fantastic comic owner. Uh, if you start a uh, subscription there, he'll give you discounts, which is fantastic. I know a lot of places do, but he's very. He's, he'll bust he's his one his of my ass. best friends like yeah. I, I. He'll started... bust his ass to get you stuff.
0: Yeah, like, exactly. I've asked for some action figures here and there, and he was able to procure them in ways that I couldn't. So.
1: And uh, he does for less money. And and if you are in the Pittsburgh area, I know a lot of shops do this now, and actually because of him. But he's the one that started uh, Hot Dog Saturday. Yes. uh, A couple years ago, every first Saturday, I believe, of the month between I'm saying May through October, he's done uh, free hot dog Saturdays where he has giant sales and whatnot. And then he also does major sales. I'm sure a lot of places do, but he also offers cookies and food items during your free comic book Saturday. And then I don't know if you, many of you guys know this. I'm sure you don't know this, Dave, but actually, there's a free comic book Saturday in October as well. Hmm. It's the basically opposite, not the opposite, but the inverse of the other one. It's like the Halloween version of it. Right. Uh, it's not as uh... prevalent. Yeah. It's not as, uh, as advertised my... as the other one because I don't believe they make, like, usually, like how Just series now start yeah. on that one. Yeah. It's not as prevalent, but he, they do have one in October and he does it as well. And again, he offers decent sales really good sales actually and uh food and whatnot and has frequent giveaways but uh that's yeah it's freaking plug. giveaways not just
0: giveaways frequent
1: giveaways oh not frequent fre- no, okay. I'm sorry. and uh but yeah that's who i'd like to plug today
0: um he also does this really cool thing i've noticed where he takes back issues and he will if they're like a store, certain arc or something like that he'll bag them all together and then put a discount on that even limited series like you can you can buy them individually but if you wanted to get like a there was like a five issue limited series he would have it all bagged together and Oh, yeah he does have he, a uh, he was uh, at eBay discount price
1: account and a lot of his stuff he does do yeah. that is basically as soon as a series or some limited series or an arc of yeah. some new book or old book or whatever ends he immediately bags it and it's on eBay so if yeah, you guys that's how I was able to get my old deadpool books yeah if you guys want something or want to pick stuff up he's your guy he's really good at that so
0: Alright, so we do. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Flatular, F-L-A-T-U-L-A-R. Uh, that's where I post, just you know, just like any other jerk-off with of a Twitter, uh, posting Chris Katan pics or dumb things about Naked Toys. Um, and I think that's going to do it. If you have any questions uh, about the show or stuff that you want us to answer, stupid questions, uh, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. And I actually do have a question right here. And it's not really relating to the podcast, but that's fine. I don't care. I like answering mail regardless. What is the worst food you've ever eaten? I, this was sent in by someone anonymous, but I'm going to guess it's just one of my friends because they know I eat a lot of trash. <laughs> what is the worst food you've ever eaten? Me? Maybe recently that you can think of because, I mean, that's, that's a loaded question. It's like, well, yeah, I ate this, but then I ate that.
1: Uh, can I get a minute here? Sure.
0: Uh... I, I really hate raw cheese. I love melted cheese. Like if you put it on a cheeseburger, uh, wait, nacho wait, cheese. You
1: mean like string cheese, raw cheese? Yes. Really? Um, yes. Cold I don't cheese. Know if we're I friends can't. <laughs> anymore.
0: I can't eat cold cheese, and I don't know why. I think it's something to do with the texture and the. It seems to smell different to me. Like it, it gives off a different odor. Um, if on pizza, of course I love pizza. I love cheeseburgers. I can eat that. That's fine. But if it's not melted, I take umbrage with that. I sometimes have to pull pieces. Like if I go through the uh get a McDouble or something. The cheese usually isn't melted that flaps outside the hamburger, so I pull that off and throw it. Um my brother played a cruel trick on me a couple years ago when I got married, where uh he was like, Oh, here's some cantaloupe, because they had a fruit tray running around. Well, here was a hunk of cheddar <laughs> and he just put it, he's like, try this cantaloupe and I just opened up my mouth because my hands were busy. <laughs> He puts it in my mouth. I immediately gag and like kind of like spit up just a little bit. Like it wasn't even for show. Like it just, I just took a bite and I was, and yeah, it's, I mean, I eat all kinds of trash too. I'll eat shrimp tails. Like,
1: I eat those too. They're good though. Yeah.
0: I'll eat, I'll eat Chef Boyardee right out of can. I love hot dogs to death. I mean, it shows that I love trash food. But yeah, just raw cheese. I can't do it.
1: See, the only thing and I'm very adventurous. Uh I I like to eat I'll try anything, but actually the, the one thing I really don't like, it's not a food, but it's actually a food item is I, I'm not a condiment guy. I don't eat condiments. Ketchup, no. mustard, That's a shame. mayonnaise. So
0: good. Like you eat you know, stuff plain.
1: Not plain. I mean I eat toppings on my hamburgers and stuff and I eat salads and whatnot, but like I don't like salad dressing. Uh the only condiment I do eat is uh tzatziki sauce on a gyro and if a f- yes. gyro salad. Now, I'll, you know, you know somebody like my wife bakes or makes food and it has something in it, I don't know what's in there and yeah, that's fine but like I don't feel like food salad it doesn't need that extra. I Yeah, I, I, like I, I don't like
0: salad dressing myself. I'd rather really have it on. I, you know, hamburgers. I like my <laughs>
1: hamburgers, you know, with like yeah, I like bacon, I like my toppings on there, I like my cheese on there or whatever. It's- I don't I don't need sauces. All right. uh, but that's the one thing I don't That's weird. Like,
0: <laughs> that's, that's two very common things that we both hate. But all right, um, right. That'll do it. Like I said, uh, if you have any questions, you can just email us at Podcast at gmail.com uh, or just hit me up through Twitter. It doesn't really matter, at flatular. And that's going to do it. Uh, this is for me, Dave, and my friend Jonathan. Uh, It's over. It's done. We're done. All right. Thanks. Bye. Let's do this. Never again. Or again? I don't know.